Hi everyone, this is Raoul Pal, the CEO and co-founder of Real Vision, and welcome to my podcast. Every week, I'm lucky enough to speak to tons of smart and innovative people in the financial game. I get so much insight from these conversations, and that's why I wanted to start this podcast, so I can share that knowledge with you. I hope you learn from the discussions, and you can always find more in-depth content at realvision.com. Enjoy the show. Hunter Horsley, good to see you again, my friend. It's great to see you. For people who are not so familiar with you, just give a bit of background, what you do now, and a bit of your journey here, because I think it's always nice to contextualize it. I feel like I'm an ancient crypto person at this point. In the year 2022, I feel like we've lived, I don't know, 100 years of crypto of crypto time. But, <laughs> that was uh, in the last week alone. That was last week, yeah. Uh, and then another another before that. Uh, uh, I'm Hunter Horsley, I'm so, so uh, CEO at Bitwise. Uh, we're one of the largest crypto asset managers. We've been doing it for five years now, um, or thereabouts, mm-hmm. which is pretty extraordinary. Bull market, bear market. We were there for 2018 when crypto pulled back 80%. Uh, we're here now, um, and uh, we manage uh, a suite of leading crypto index funds uh, and crossed a billion in assets. Um, you know, have grown, grown the team on it, and so on and so forth. One of the reasons I love your product is because it gives a diversification to an ongoing theme. You know, by having an index, it captures a theme because nobody knows who the winners are going to be. What's going to shape out and who's going to be in that index in five years' time? But the, the one thing I do know is, as you know as well, I've never seen this many people and this many smart people doing this many things all at the same time with a similar shared sense of mission. It's a truly extraordinary moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. It's extraordinary. It's extraordinary. I, I, got, a, uh, uh, I got a phone call a few weeks ago from a, a former colleague. Uh, well, it's first it was a text message from a, an executive um, at, a, at one of these tech companies. I won't say too much about it, but uh, suffice it to say, they run a small empire, a 7,000 person team, with 150 product managers. And, uh, and uh, they said, hey, I'm thinking about making a career change. I'm thinking about joining this thing called Uniswap. Am I crazy? And I said, oh my gosh, that's that's incredible to hear. Let's let's talk about. It. I, I of course think very highly of Uniswap, uh, but the idea that some of these people—I mean, this individual—is one of the most accomplished, effective, competent builders of software and internet services in the United States of America. Thinking about switching jerseys from Web two to Web three, um, you know, and that's that's just one one anecdote. Uh, of, of course, if you look at the statistics, I think last year. This is great. A uh, great report that Electric Capital puts out. Thirty-four thousand developers started contributing code uh, to uh, to public blockchains to Web three. And looking at it from the quantified perspective, the number of developers who show up to work every day to build Coinbase, one of the biggest, most important platforms in crypto, is about two thousand. So fifteen times the number of developers that work full time at Coinbase or thereabouts decided to start contributing their efforts, their precious time and talents to building this future. Uh, and, and that's sort of the, the backdrop. And of course, what people are describing when they say, you know, the amount of human capital here is extraordinary. Talk to me about the types of investors you're seeing and any of the trends you're seeing develop. We work with a, a number of different types of investors a bit wise, a few thousand self-directed high net worth individuals, uh, tens of thousands of public shareholders of our publicly traded products. 
over a thousand RAs, so independent uh, advisory firms, um, uh, a few dozen institutions, and more recently, a really fascinating development. Just in the last, I want to say, nine months, there are seven private banks and broker dealers that have uh, put our products uh, on their platforms. Um, for their advisors and uh, clients to be able to get access to the space. And th- those, the platforms that, that uh, over the last, again, I don't know if it's nine months or 12 months, but it's been, it's been recent and, and, and ramping, uh, uh, approving uh, our products to get crypto exposure, they represent $2 trillion in assets um, and uh, tens of thousands of advisors and, and millions of accounts. <clears throat> LPL is one that's public. Um, uh, so... Uh, that's sort of a, the cross section. We, you know, we have we have a, a sort of a broad cross section uh, that we serve today. Um, I think interest, an interesting comment I could make is that uh, there are these different audiences actually have different areas of interest. Uh, so when I go meet with our our clients who are advisors, which we spend a huge amount of time with, we have uh, relationship managers across the country. Um, there, the conversation is often. I'm building my thesis or I'm making my first allocations or I'm going from my first allocations to more allocations. I'm thinking about a model allocation uh, and I'm doing it through uh, the Bitwise 10 or I'm doing it through crypto equities. And we have conversations about what do you think about publicly traded crypto equities uh, versus the coins directly or both or you know some combination. And that that is where the focus typically is uh, in building that that sort of core position into the the, the portfolios for clients. The trajectory there, Raul, and, and I can talk about what we see from individuals and, and, and other segments, but the trajectory there in 2020, 6% of advisors said that they were allocating to crypto, client money to crypto. That grew 50% year over year into 2021 to 9%. Still small, meaningful because it's a giant audience, but small. This year, it's supposed to grow another 70% to 16% of advisors allocating. If you play that forward, uh, you're at 50% of this segment having allocated by 2024 or 2025. So it still feels early because 9%, 16%, those don't feel like everyone I talk to, uh, but the rate is what's important. And the rate is is a wave, uh, a wave that's gathering steam. So that's what we see um, with financial advisors who are core audience and um, uh, an amazing constituent that I think more investors would benefit from uh, uh, sort of having having uh, their help around investing in crypto. Uh, and then for, for institutions, families, ultra high net worth, um, there we see interest in more specific parts of the opportunity set. Uh, so uh, we launched uh, a DeFi index. Uh, we launched, believe it or not, a blue chip NFT index. Uh, we have a new index coming next week, a- actually. Uh, we uh, also launched uh, our first yield-bearing interest product. It's, it's a QP-only product. It's the Bitwise US Dollar Income Fund. And that lends to the non-DeFi part of the market um, and generates high single-digit yields on overnight terms. Um, we'll have our first active product later this year, uh, actually. Um, but can't say more on that at the moment. And... Uh, and uh, and then of course we have we have we have the standard uh, index set and 
uh, and the SMA. Uh, and, and we found that that has been sort of those specific uh, exposures have been uh, an area, uh, a strong area of interest for, uh, for the high net worth and, and ultra high net worth uh, client set who want to construct around conviction on different different parts of the yeah, opportunity I, set. I've seen that with, with what I'm doing at Exponential Adjustment Management is yeah. we're seeing the family offices and others looking for specific risk because most of these guys are already crypto investors and have been for a while. And it's looking for, you know, DeFi is very tricky because of regulation, KYC, AML, and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, NFTs has been very interesting. As you say, people are sub-segmenting down even by um, asset management style. You know, in my world, it's, you know, emerging fund, emerging crypto hedge funds, market neutral funds, multi-strat funds, all of this stuff. So it's really interesting to see the sophistication of that. And the family offices are generally always the first, first movers anyway, because... They can take their own risks. They've got nobody to report to. Um, and they've always led. And it, yep. you kind of know where the rest of the market's going by following those guys. I just want to note on the NFT thing, I, I, I think this is so fascinating. Uh, between our Bitwise Tensor Large Cap Crypto Index, our Public Equities Index, which is the BHQ one, uh, our DeFi Index, uh, we even have an index that's Bitwise 10 without Bitcoin, uh, and our Blue Chip NFT Index. The Blue Chip NFT Index is uh, down the least year to date. Uh, which in I just in dollar is, terms, not ETH terms. In dollar terms, in dollar terms. Yeah, it's down 30, 36% year to date. Yeah, so it's about about where the NASDAQ is uh, year to date, which uh, anyways, it's just, it's so so fascinating um, how this space is evolving. There, there, when, when you and I got started, there were no there was no DeFi, there was no NFTs. Um, Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, so. Um, so when you're having conversations and the market's down, 50, 60%. What is the Bitwise 10 down now? Must be 60? 40, four, I think it's 40 or 45, something like that. Yeah, so the market's down 45%. So I've in my conversations, I've not met anybody who said, oh my God, the market's down. Yeah. It hasn't seemed to have changed the conversations, which is weird. In 2018, we're having conversations. People are like, oh no, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this. Have you... Felt that people have understood volatility more and drawdowns more in the opportunity set? Or have you seen that some people are like, whoa, 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 this is too much for me? Yeah. Well, I think the backdrop, of course, is that IVV's down, VTV's down, AGG's down, TLD's down over two months. So all, everything that's liquid is getting sold. And, and, and I think that people have bigger fish to fry, generally speaking, especially if they have 1% to 10% in crypto. Uh, and, uh, and so it's not as, not as in focus, uh, you know, I think in terms of, in terms of the performance, I think the two, the two things that, that we hear a lot are, you know, what do you make of these correlations? Uh, you know, it, it seems that crypto is down alongside, uh, alongside the NASDAQ and other things. Um, the second thing, uh, that, that we hear is, um, you know, are people using these things? So we, we, we find that some people are sort of wanting to check in with the actual adoption of the platforms, right? Okay, the price is down. We're checking in on equities and how those businesses are looking going forward and, and earnings expectations and how will they be impacted by the, the, the inflation and supply chain. We're also intuitively interested in checking in on, on crypto and understanding, you know, Prices down, prices down, and everything. What's the what's the underlying trajectory of, of adoption and, and and things getting built here, um, which we could talk more about. I think that that's the most interesting most interesting thing. And then and then the the, the third 
you know, the third vantage point that we see, most investors who will own crypto don't own it yet. So you, me, yeah, I imagine many of the, the savvy investors in the Real Vision audience own some crypto, own a lot of crypto, have started building their crypto position, but uh, a huge a huge portion of, of, uh, of the investing markets uh, actually have not started building their crypto position yet uh, or have just started building their crypto position. So, um, you know, I think that, that 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 changes the dynamic. And for some people, they say, this is interesting. I'm rethinking a lot of my portfolio. Uh, maybe now is actually the time to, to, I've had crypto on the to-do list. Uh, and maybe now is the time to dig in and understand how I would play the space. So those, those are the, the types of conversations we're having today. But to your point, this it's not like 2018 when it was, you know, the, the, the in vogue thing to say was that it was a tulip mania. And, and then in 2018, there was a thought that maybe this thing was going to go away forever. Um, and then of course it didn't. And, 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 uh, and so I think that that is not as much the, the, the picture that we see or and, hear. And these days. to think, think of adoption, cause you're probably a good way to check on this. Um, what do you think adjusting for the fact that the market's gone down. Yep. What do you think the year-on-year year rate of change of new dollars in versus a year ago or something? Is it down, up, flat? What do you think? When you say when you say adoption, you mean people using Web three, or you mean investors no, putting I, money I mean into the space? Investors putting money into the into the space. So you know what kind of yeah growth or negative growth or how how are you seeing the adoption over the last you know twelve months? I, I think that that at, uh, at the begin the first half of this year, a lot of investors are either uh, paused to try and see where the dust settles, uh, or they're you know they're selling off some positions. There are some people who are building positions. We, we have a, few, we have a number of investors who have sort of you know decided a dollar cost average in, and you you see you see those inflows each week, and and uh, there's there's something really impressive about about uh, having had that discipline. Um, but I, my, my, my guess across the, across the broader industry would be uh, slower uh, year-over-year uh, flows. And I think what we see from our clients is, um, you know, there's, there's a mix. There's some people who are ready to go and, and now they, they, they see a window. Um, there's a lot who are saying, this is going to be part of the picture now because we're rethinking our portfolios this year. Um, but, uh, you know, specifically, the, I think the last two months have given a lot of people pause where they want to see, want to see how things move. And how the Fed responds this summer. Yeah, even though this is generally the time you should be allocating. This is exactly what anybody who's been in the space says. This is the best time when you start getting so oversold and coming down to those long-term moving averages that encapsulate this long-term kind of exponential trend. But, you know, I've just been amazed how little rattled the institutional investors have been. Mm. And they've cut, you know, the conversations that I've had, I've had one conversation with one of the massive giant um, asset management yeah. firms yesterday was the first time I heard them like, oh, well, it's getting a bit ugly out there. Mm. Nobody else even mentioned price. Mm. They're like, yeah, we need to get this through our investment committee. We mm. need a bit of this from you. We need some help there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like, mm. and they might say, yeah, it's a bit ugly out there. But anyway, we need to keep moving on this. So I just think it's interesting. I, I don't get that sense of fear. I get the sense that industry is probably sideways generally kind of adoption. It's been a flat year for adoption generally. Yeah. 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 We at least get questions. We do get questions about, about price. And I think, I think it, it, it comes from a place of also wanting to make sure there's nothing that they're missing. Yeah. Right. Is, is, is something we should be aware of again, very busy, 
one to ten percent. Uh, is this something that's happened that we're missing? Are the implications of something we've read about part of the price story? Is this price story really, you know, liquidity is getting pulled out of all markets and so they're getting pulled out of crypto as well? Or is this something we should understand about? So I, I feel like that's the 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 dimension that we see a lot in conversations is is uh, you know, prices down. What do we need to know? Um, but not you know yeah I agree not not jumping to the conclusion that there's um, uh, that there's something. Um, so let's move into the future a bit, and this is you know um, obviously most of what you do is is index based. So, but I'm just picking your brains yeah. personally about what what excites you. What are you looking at? Thinking you know these are exciting things for me that I I'm just watching or getting involved in or whatever. Yeah. And that can be protocols, can be areas, can be any anything. Just, yes. just yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody's radar screens up for what everybody else is looking at. Yeah. Yeah. There's so there's so much there's so much interesting stuff going on and, and you know I have a large portion of my own wealth uh, in in crypto and I'm in all of our products, you know, so I, I'm heavily involved in product development. So it's a it's a good indication of what you know what? What I have, uh, what I have uh, enthusiasm about. Um, but things, things that are that are uh, really top of mind for me. Um, th- this might be sort of familiar to, to your audience, but um, there's really incredible yield and interest opportunities in crypto. Uh, and you know, and ETH, and ETH merge. I don't. I think people are underestimating what this means. By the way. Yeah, I, th- I think that's I think that's right. I think that'll be an, an incredible moment for Ethereum in particular. It's the uh, risk, I think it's the risk-free rate for Web three. Oh, it's very interesting. Because you know, if you're investing in that currency block, like US yeah. dollars, you have US government bonds. So yeah. ETH, you get a yield. So you've got currency risk, which is ETH. Yeah. But that becomes, I think, the benchmark yield for Web three. And I don't think people are thinking through this. This gives you the entire money market system that we've really been waiting for, that we've been kind of calculating off borrowing and lending rates from market makers, borrowing Bitcoin and stuff. But this yeah. is true yield. Yeah. And it's fascinating. It's, total, it's totally fascinating. And it obviously becomes deflationary in nature and uh, moves off of uh, uh, proof of work. So there's yeah, so many elements of it. And there's no I, call I on ETH going up or down, but if you're if you're going to base a bunch of assets in ETH, okay, this is, it becomes very interesting. Yeah, and 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 people knowing that they have they have yield on on just uh, having their reserves or part of their part of their assets in ETH. I think I think it's very interesting, and uh, I think it's be a huge uh, a huge development for the space. The, the the other thing that for a lot of investors, I think the ETH merge is 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 really forcing people to confront is. The space is so heterogeneous today. You know, I think there's a lot of investors who used to look at crypto from a distance and say, we can put all that stuff in one circle. It's called crypto. We want to know how crypto is getting regulated. We want to know if crypto is a bubble and it's going to pop. We want to know if people are using crypto. Is, you know, is, is it makes sense to invest in crypto? And of course, we know that DeFi is on a track that's different than NFTs, and that's different from the layer ones, and that's different from Bitcoin and Litecoin and the sort. Um, but Ethereum and, and and Bitcoin are really the two stars of the show. And for them to go, to become so different from each other, uh, I think will really put the exclamation mark at the end of a sentence that's been written over the last two years, which is 
there's a lot of heterogeneity in this space. Uh, and there's a lot of different uh, structures, opportunity sets, um, and and things to consider. Um, and they're not they're not all the same. They're not all going to have the same future. So that that's that's sort of the 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 meta trend that I think ETH two will represent, which is wow, what a wildly different trajectory the development of this thing and now the features of this thing are than uh, uh, are on than, than Bitcoin and the yield will be super interesting and 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 I I think that the the idea of it is a risk free rate for uh, for Web three and 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 balances that are held primarily in digital assets is a great is a great mental model for it. Um, uh, you know, I, th- I think I think some people also, of course, use stable coins and uh, uh, the yields they can get on stable coins as a as sort of a. Uh, yeah, but those are driven too, but... by lending and borrowing in the market. Yes, of course, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, ETH is driven by staking return re- rewards, you know, that are programmed in. It's just it's very different. Yes, yeah, it is, it is. So I think I think ETH is is is, is very interesting. Uh, again, I I think in in this moment. Um, I was chatting with a, a multi-billion family office that's an, an investor with us, and they're building a cash position. Um, you know, they're selling some of their equities, they're selling some of their their fixed income positions, they're building a cash position, and they're thinking about, uh, you know, is there anything that we could be doing with the cash? And and here again, I, I think it's not well known, even if it's well known to some uh, to some who are very smart on the space, that there are ways to to extract. Uh, income and interest rates uh, from from the space without taking directional exposure on the the price of digital assets, um, and that is more in that second second area. But I think that that's that's very interesting. And in a moment like this in the world uh, for investors, uh, it's quite useful. It, you know, maybe even more useful than twenty twenty one, even though it's not a completely new phenomenon that you could, you know, you could you could uh, earn six percent uh, in, in our fund is that order of magnitude. Um, on uh, on just dollars, so I think that's very interesting. Um, I think NFTs continue to be very continue so to be you, very. Interesting. Have you have you personally gone down the NFT route down the rabbit hole? Do you hold yeah. a few NFTs yourself? Yeah, I. Are, I, you, uh, are you secretly a degen? I, I'm. I'm. I, to be honest, I I feel that I'm. I'm kind of like our clients on NFTs. I actually don't have time. You know, like you, you probably know people who. It, it's not just about IQ or knowing how to use Discord. It's also that you, there's just the time investment that's necessary to stay current uh, is so high. So I'll tell you my favorite uh, uh, NFT project that I own personally. But then uh, the answer is that I, I have money in our blue chip NFT fund and it holds punks and apes and mutant apes. And we got the eight coin uh, airdrop, uh, which was which is a fascinating experience. You know, phenomenon. By the way, just from a portfolio management perspective, we brought on oh, yeah. uh, a portfolio manager uh, last year, Jennifer Thornton. She joined us from BlackRock. Spent twenty years there, managing hundreds of billions of dollars of equities and bonds. And now she looks after our index portfolios. And uh, earlier this year, was confronted with a, a major airdrop of ApeCoin, and we had to decide, you know, what what happens to the ApeCoin? Do we do we hold it? Do we hold it to the end of the month? Do we sell it? Um, uh, and it was an amount of Bitcoin that was worth uh, half of the entire nav of the fund. I mean, it was a huge airdrop. Um, wow! So it was very, very meaningful for investors. Uh, uh, so that was a, you know, sort of a novel, novel thing to navigate. What was the we outcome? Up, what did you, what did you do with it? We ended up, we ended up claiming it, of course. 
Uh, we held it for, I believe, 24 hours to let the market form uh, and price to start to be discovered. Uh, and then and then we liquidated it. Uh, and uh, we liquidated it because our feeling was that it was not consistent with the reason that people went into the, you know, the Bitwise Blue Chip NFT index fund. Uh, the, the investors in that fund, you know, an analogy I like to give for this is uh, it's it's seeking to buy these very scarce, uh, highly prized assets. It's like buying Manhattan brownstones. Um, and, uh, and ApeCoin is on theme, but it's not, they're not non-fungible. You know, it, it's a, it's a fungible. Uh, so you took it essentially like a dividend. We, we actually, we rolled it, we rolled it back into the fund and then we contacted shareholders and said, you know, you should be aware of this development. And uh, if you'd like to take a distribution, uh, uh, we'll work with you on that. So that's how we navigated that. So I, I have, I have most of my NFT exposure in that fund, but I just, I, 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 I want to mention, cause I think you'll get a chuckle out of it. Uh, one of one of the one of my favorite um, uh, uh, NFTs is I own over a dozen pudgy penguins. Are you familiar with pudgy penguins? I knew I, I knew would, I knew you would lose your mind. Why yeah. have you got pudgy penguins? I love these things. I so uh, you know be, being in the space for 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 uh, for five years, uh, you know I feel like uh, one of the. Ch- interesting dynamics of crypto is it, it's simultaneously an unbelievably serious space. It's people's money. It's regulated. Uh, you know, uh, 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 serious things can happen to investors, to operators, and it's seeking to reinvent really important systems. On the other end of the spectrum, it's kind of a playful and silly space. And there's a lot of tinkering and and you know and 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 jokes and and uh, collegiality and uh, fr- frivolity and th- you know that type of thing. So I just I love these fat penguins uh, because there's such a vibe. Uh, uh, you know I, I I just I love I, I feel like they encapsulate an aspect of uh, of crypto, sort of the, the whimsical, um, you know, optimistic. But you see, look at your face. Your yeah. face is grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what NFTs do. Yeah. I've you don't you don't see that, but NFTs look, we know it's ridiculous, yeah, but we yeah. love it because it creates a community, it creates a focal point, it's humor, it's it's like I, the one I bought uh about last weekend, I think it was, was this new NFT came out called Wrecked Guy, and he's and it's an amazing one and he's drinking from a bottle of hopium and um, not hopium yeah. oh, copium yeah. basically it's wow. about being wrecked in nfts and it's like yeah. the space the big that was a huge sellout very quickly because the space wants to laugh at itself as well the ridiculousness of what we're all going through at one moment in time is wonderful there you go that's why that's what i love about about you know about penguins is they're they're, they're just obviously absurd and ridiculous and then you know as an investment i have the money in the index fund that owns apes and punks and and you know, I think nouns might be in there now, and that's interesting. But but just uh, just on a personal level, what, what, what would make fun. me really laugh is we wind forwards five years. You're now a retired multi billionaire because your pudgy penguins portfolio has gone up so much. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be fascinating. Oh my gosh! I, I, I think two 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 or three years ago, I did a uh, I did an interview on Planet Money, and it was it was back in the era of Crypto Kitties. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that was yeah, sort yeah. of the first. And uh, I remember I remember just thinking like. This is so ridiculous, uh, and I said something to that extent. But you know, fast forward, 
here we are today. I think I think that one of the big ideas behind NFTs, which people have heard different interpretations of this, but the the thing, one of the ways I like to think about it is, if I said to you, Rel, you know, you how much do you pay for your shoes? Maybe maybe a few hundred dollars. I don't know how you roll. Uh, but I, I, I roll with Converse and flip flops, so I'm all different. Right, so then maybe not for you, but you know, you, it, people spend a few hundred dollars on dress yeah. shoes. Um, but if I said, what would you be more upset to lose, uh, all of your text messages or your dress shoes, or all of your emails or your dress shoes, or uh, all of your photos or your dress shoes? You would be. It's obvious to everyone, you know, listening, uh, you, you, me, that you would be devastated or much more upset to lose those digital objects, but you didn't pay anything for them. And so the struggle of, you know, of the internet and the digital world and the internet era thus far has been, it's obvious to all of us that huge value, that there's value in those text messages, in your photos, in your emails, but there hasn't been a way to price it. There's been no way to price these digital objects. And what NFTs represent from my perspective is, uh, people trying to figure out how to price digital objects uh, for the first time. And we don't agree, which is why the volatile, you know, the volatility represents us all disagreeing about it. But the big idea is there, uh, there's now through blockchains, a way to transfer title basically uh, to transfer ownership. And we're beginning the grand experiment of figuring out how to, how to price these digital objects that we all know are valuable um, but have never really, never really had a a, a way of uh, of um, trading around and you know and and figuring uh, out. I, I think um, it's a fabulous perspective. The way I've also looked at this is yep. the the trend towards the digitization of everything mm-hmm. means generally that all the costs go to zero. Mm-hmm. So whether it's cow, cow compute or computing power, anything, right? Telephone calls, everything goes to zero because it's infinitely creatable. That's a big problem until you create digital scarcity. Mm. Because once you do, you can now stop that trend and and then the digitization of the world functions as an economic system in the mm. way that exactly you said is suddenly these digital things have a have an achievable value that is transferable and can hold their value versus all the other digital things that go to zero, which right. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's a it's a new it's sort of a new paradigm for what's possible on the internet. Um and I think it's one of, again, you know, zooming way out, it's one of the reasons that uh, I think a lot of people say this is an area where the future could be better and different than just the, the trajectory that we've been building on for the last decade or two, uh, because it's, it's you know, fundamentally changed what, what's possible in the future. So um, yeah, I think it's quite interesting. Hunter, look, fantastic as ever to catch up. Covered a lot of ground, lots of interesting stuff. And uh, let's see how this all plays out. Yeah, but as absolutely. Ever, great, great, thanks for great your time. Conversation. Yep. All right. What surprised me the most here is, A, the breadth of what Hunter's building, but also the depth of where adoption is happening, where he's now splitting up different people into NFT funds and index funds and yield funds. And it shows the maturity that's happening at scale within this space, because Bitwise is a significant business here. I love the fact in this interview, we talked about a lot of serious things. We talked about regulation. We talked about adoption. We talked about bear markets. We talked about all of these things. 
the most impactful thing was Hunter's grin on his face when he was talking about Pudgy Penguin's NFTs and how much fun we can all have in this too. Hi, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, I've got a free membership waiting for you. If you want to understand the future of everything, then understanding digital assets is the key. We're not ever going back to a pre-crypto world. Blockchain technology is transforming everything from communities to healthcare to real estate to, well, just about everything. That's why in 2020, we launched Real Vision Crypto, the world's premier cryptocurrency and digital asset video channel. Right now, Real Vision Crypto is helping more than 220,000 members understand the biggest wealth creation opportunities in a generation and maybe of all time. And Real Vision Crypto is completely free. To get your free membership to Real Vision Crypto, please visit www.realvisioncrypto.com. That's www.realvisioncrypto.com.